Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host, Fortwine, joined by co-host Pan. How are we doing tonight? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm about ready to be just kind of rolled away and tucked into bed. I made the most amazing nachos for dinner, and um, I'm a little comatose now. <laughs> oh, nice. I-, I fell asleep while the girls were getting their story read to them. <laughs> I-, I passed out a little today. And uh, Sasha, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I actually also had tacos for tonight and had to have a little extra caffeine to get me through this. I had roosters. We went to roosters, the the uh, six of us. I don't know what roosters is. Oh, uh, roosters is like a BW3s. Um, <laughs> you are but... saying some words. Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, you don't know okay. Buffalo Wild Wings? Buffalo Wild Wings, I know. I have never heard them called BW3. Yeah, BW3 is their old name because they used to be Buffalo Wing Wings, Buffalo Wild Wings and Wick for the bread. So there used to be three W's. Oh, so yeah, around here, everybody calls um, them B-dubs. Yeah, B-dubs is, is all, is, yeah. Um... So they're like a B dubs, except their um, their chicken are like whole tenders, I think, or they're bigger at least, and they're a little bit more. I don't know. B dubs is like sports bar. They still have sports stuff, but like they're more like a Texas Roadhouse style. So it's less college oriented. Oh, there's the, yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah, it, it's actually, they actually repurpose a lot of Dakotas. They are known for taking a broken down Dakotas and repurposing it for a uh, Roosters restaurant. That has happened at least four times uh, from the from the uh, <laughs> different Dakotas that went down, which Dakotas is a Texas uh, steakhouse. I was about to ask that too. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, that's some Ohioisms. I, I sometimes forget. Apparently. I don't know. Do you I'm have not that, in that Michigan? far. I'm not that far, but you just sound like you're from another country with all of those restaurants. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know that Ohio pizza was a thing until I heard from the people outside of the country. It's apparently like Pizza Hut, Papa John's style pizza is called Ohio pizza. I had n- I did, not, I know did not know that. So yeah, I I learned things about. Oh, um, Sasha, it's saying you're quiet. Oh. Um, can you hear me now? Uh, we can hear you. Okay. I can hear see. you fine, but I've got you know ear covering headphones. I've got you up to two hundred percent. So okay, <laughs> it's not a well, lion. <laughs> let me go into mine. How does she sound and now? And see what I can do. Okay. Okay. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about our, our video game achievements, and, and thank you, Steve, for the heads up on the volume. Okay. How about um, now? Is this better on my volume? Yeah. Yeah, you suddenly got a lot louder for me too. Awesome. There we go. I'm trying to decide which which Mountain Dew I should start with tonight. <laughs> it's either Shark Bite or Baja. 
I think I'm starting with shark bite. <laughs> hey, I'm tired. I need the caffeine. <laughs> I don't like coffee. I'm no, I'm just saying I got green I got, tea. Oh. I'm just saying I'm I'm with you. I got I got my uh I got my coffee. Apparently this mug is broken. Steve was telling me about that right before we started recording. Oh no. Yeah, I uh and some people might notice if they're watching, I actually turned on the ceiling fan light for once so you can guys can see me. Um I don't know. I like my room darker than this. So <laughs> Oh well, I'll do it for the show. Alright. So yeah, we're gonna talk about uh video game achievements. Um so Sasha, you had a power outage, which is why you were out last time. But you didn't get to play a ton of games. Um just Pokemon, right? You said. Yeah, that's all I played. I just caught up a little bit on Sun and Moon. I've been etching away at it, and my kid is not making it easy to play something like that because she's really into Pokemon. Mm -hmm. um, so she's like, "Oh, I what's that? What's that? What's that?" And everything's a Glaceon, um, even if it's not a Glaceon. But that's a good one to mistake. Like, yeah, well, Glaceon's we, a decent Pokemon. We just got Sylveon down. We just started saying Sylveon. It's we know Eevee. Okay, we know Eevee, but all of Eevee's evolutions—they're all Glaceon. Mm. Yeah, I see. Yes, it, that's an unfortunate thing. The kids recognize Pikachu, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charmander very well. Oh yeah, she's got all of those too. It's interesting that she recognizes that they are an Eevee evolution. She just doesn't know what they are. <laughs> hmm. Oh. Um. So my brother uh, actually today was wearing his evolution shirt. So it has Eevee in the center and a box of all the Eevee evolutions around it. And kind of like a Brady Bunch box. And um, the uh, Jolteon is like the top left, I think, of the shirt. And my oldest daughter was looking at it today. She's like, oh, it's a Pikachu Eevee. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lightning Eevee. <laughs> so that works. Um, yeah, actually, he just commented on that. He's He's just talked about that my brother's in the chat so hey there you go he said he might be hopping in today um so uh again we're going to do achievements uh and i i said both personal and uh gamer score boosting so um i think there's going to be a lot a, a lot of uh different things come up basically the idea is just things that we're we're proud to talk about what we accomplished in gaming i would say ones that we feel uh we worked hard for so um so pan how, how many do you have because like i did 10 i think we said we were gonna do 10. i don't know i don't remember <laughs> i came up with five because if we all do 10 that's gonna be a long night i can trim mine down to five for sure i mean i can do five and you guys can keep going and i'll just uh you know chill here and be like oh wow awesome Five with me. I think five is okay. Makes it even more special, right? Like who makes the cut? Yeah. So I gotta look at mine and trim. Okay, those three can come out. 
Because I was trying to find stuff. Oh, it's off. No, he's 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 on Discord again. I literally just lost internet for a second there. It went totally offline. Yeah, the stream is going nuts. I don't know if you can see it, but there's like you need like an epilepsy warning on it right now. Okay, we're back. That's unfortunate. Reload the page. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> um, my internet died. So, hey, we're back. All right. You should be good now. <laughs> Is yeah. everyone okay? I hope I don't lose internet again. I was like... What am I? What's going on? Um. Cool. So yeah, people are back. Um. I really don't know what happened. So I trimmed mine down. To, I, I while I was talking, this happened. I, I don't think I can trim down the the extra two. I think I'm gonna stick with seven. I gotta. I gotta talk about some of these. Some of these I've already talked about though, so I'll be very short with them if that makes sense. <laughs> And maybe even recently. That's a, I just trimmed off the things that I probably would have spoken briefly about anyway, because I just talked about it. Well, they're for me. They're pretty. I don't know. We'll get. To, we'll get into it. So, Pan, how about you? Well, we had the longer ones. So, how, so Sasha and I <laughs> will start off. I'll I'll just go ahead and start. Um. So, uh, for. One of the, this is like a life achievement thing. It's a lot less more, it's still video game related, but it's not like um, there is an achievement for that. Um, but I, this is my first video game I ever beat. And I was four years old. And that was um, Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> on the NES. Now... There's a, like, my, uh, my grandmother, she always supported wh whatever I did. My parents did, too. And I wanted to show my grandmother this game, because, like, I thought it was so cool. Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> I was like, it's Super Mario Brothers, but it's it's a better one. And keep in mind, this is the one, it's like the Doki Doki Panic reskin. So, the throwing the radishes and everything. Um, so, I was like, but I can't beat this level. And it started this thing, this trend that I had when I was younger, is if I showed someone the thing I couldn't beat, I would beat it on the first try. I was just like... Uh, and it ended up being like a thing between my friends and I, too, where they would come over, I can't beat this, and they'd come over and like, let's do this, and then first try, we'd get it. Like, I don't know what the what this was that, that this happened all the time. But anyways, um, so yeah, I, I showed her this. I got to the final boss, which is Wart, the, the frog. And I was like, oh, it's giving me radishes. I'll throw them at him. Didn't realize you had to throw them at him when his mouth was open, but I eventually beat him. And he farted everywhere, and it was gross and funny. And then we won, and it was all a dream. And I was mad, because I was like, what? What do we mean it was all a dream? My four-year-old brain couldn't handle that kind of twist. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> so yeah, uh, beatings of our brother Sue at the age of four. And I've been playing video games since I was two. So, you know, two years of never beating or anything. I think I was I was glad to finally beat something. So, yay! 
Did you, did you guys ever play the Super Mario Brothers 2? Yeah, I played those, but I, I'm not very good at platformers, so I don't have any fun oh, stories okay. like that. For just a second, my push to talk wasn't doing anything. Oh. But now it's working. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, we had the, the cartridge that had like five different Mario games on it. And one of those is that one. Yes. Yeah. yeah the Super Mario All-Stars. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, we had that. And uh, yeah, so I played it. Didn't play it a ton, but I played it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll move on to Sasha's. That was a quick one. Yeah, mine will also be quick, um, but it's also, I guess, like a general life uh, achievement. I think my my original benchmark for achievement hunting was to hit a mil, or a, I wanted to hit a million, but I knew I wasn't going to do that uh, with going to college and getting a job and not that yeah. not being my full time job. So I lowered the benchmark to a hundred thousand, and I did hit that. Um, right now, I think I'm, at, I'm sitting a little over 150,000 gamer score because I'm not actively doing it anymore. Um, but right. when I hit 100,000, that was such a big deal. I remember like screen grabbing it, and it was my my Facebook banner for a really long time. It was like oh nice, yeah. It was I was really excited about that. So yeah. So what was sweet. the game that got you over that hump? Oh my god, I don't even remember. I honestly I honestly think it might have been SSX. Um I was playing SSX really heavy at the time. Um mm-hmm. SSX is a snowboarding game. Pam. Yes, yes, which is also going to be on this list. Okay. Yeah. So I think I can slide it, it was over. Like the, it was like the Tony Hawk of snowboarding essentially. Yes. Yes. Um, one of my games that somehow I'm really, really good at, like even drunk, I'm still really good at that game. (laughs) Natural talent. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so Pan hit us up with your first one. Well, since we're breezing through these so quick, maybe we do do 10 and I'll just have to come up with some more while you guys talk. Um, but, uh, the the one that I that I am most disproudest of is uh, beating Echo the Dolphin. That mm-hmm. game, I remember this That one, game yeah. is a beast. Um, and I mean, I guess technically it's kind of a platformer. It's it's weird. Like there's not really jumping, but there's like. Well, there is jumping, yeah, yeah. but it's like very few sequences, yeah. and it's very yeah. It's more about managing like like yeah. in Echo the Dolphin, you are a dolphin. And uh, the unfortunate fact is that the entire world, the entire game is the underwater level, and you have to breathe air. And uh, you have to base, your, your entire family got abducted by aliens, and you have to go on a time-traveling adventure to, like, meet the giant DNA strand that spawned all life. And use it, the powers that it gives you to, go th- to travel through time and kick the aliens' asses uh, so they can't abduct your family. I am not making this plot up. Sasha's like losing her mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty nuts. This game is nuts. 
The uh, it reminds me of EVO because EVO had that similar kind of like just out there aliens, like everything all along. Like, like I'm pretty sure the show Ancient Aliens just played a lot of Echo <gasps> the Dolphin and EVO. Like, um, yeah, you have to like go. To yeah, you have to go to the ruins of Atlantis to find a time travel machine that can only be activated by dolphins. <laughs> yes. Um. So. <laughs> Um, As a child, the, uh, I don't know why I just thought Echo the Dolphin was basically Flipper, the video game, and never even gave it a second thought. I rented that it. That game is so terrifying. I had <laughs> it is scary. Like, level one. It's, like, so serene and calm, and then you lose your family in the cutscene, which, like, while you're playing, you're like, where did they go? And then the music is just, like, plotting, I would say. It goes from calm to sort of like ominous and you're just there by yourself in the water and it doesn't really tell you where to go or what to do. And I'm like, I don't like this. What is like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. And so. yeah. And the, the final level is basically, uh, you, you're up in the alien ship and, uh, you, Basically, the game auto-scrolls, and if you get auto-scrolled and stuck to, like, a wall or something, you'll just get smushed and die, and you have to start all over from the very fucking beginning. It's a lot of, like, your your thumbs get, like, the muscle memory of how to do this, how to go through this maze that auto-scrolls. And then at the end of that maze, mm. you have to fight the, the queen alien. And the thing is, is that you don't stand a goddamn chance fighting her unless in, like, the third level of the game you uh, rescued these five dolphins who were stuck, like, down in this underwater cave, which is an optional si side quest in that level. And if you rescue all five dolphins, they upgrade your your echolocation, so that way it's like a, it's like a you know, Link's sword attack. You know, where right. he does, like, that wave? Yeah. So if you rescue all five dolphins, your echolocation does an attack and damages. And you don't stand a fucking chance against the queen alien unless you have that... Uh, echolocation upgrade. Hmm. It's brutal. And I had a lot of free time when I was 17. I... Hey, at least it's not the uh, giant amoeba penis that is EVO. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's uh, that's EVO's final boss. A giant amoeba with a penis. It's just... Gross. We're not joking. We're not joking. <laughs> yeah, no. it's That's what it is. Um, <laughs> and you have to uh, uh, bite the end of it to to kill it. So or or attack the end of it, I guess you don't. Have, but bite is like your most reliable attack in the game. So, um, but, but yeah, okay. yeah, beating beating Echo the Dolphin. Um, that I spent. I think it took me about two weeks, and I think about five of those days were spent just on the final level and the final boss. I imagine, yeah. Did you have like a save point or like a password you could do, or do you? Have you to do can all you can do a game? password. Uh, the, yeah, Sega Genesis, okay. so it has a password system. Uh, at the beginning of it, you enter a password to get to the beginning of the level. So here's the thing. Well, actually, I didn't play it on Genesis. I played it on Wii because I had it through the virtual uh, console. Mm -hmm. But but you originally played yes, it on yes, yes. I originally played it on then, Genesis when I was like yeah. five. Um, and it scared the crap out of me. The octopus and the crabs that just jump out of nowhere just scared the crap out of me. And I couldn't handle it. Um, but, uh, yeah. 
Beating Echo the Dolphin, my proudest video game achievement. Okay. Uh, minor, not in any particular order. It's just... I just listed them as I remembered them. Um, so, uh, my number two, and I've talked about this several times uh, on the show, is uh, beating Adokaw in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Um, and and I'll, I'll relay this story really quickly for Sasha, Sasha who doesn't know. Um, so, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate is sort of like the last old-style Monster Hunter before World came out. And uh, it's still got a lot of old mechanics and stuff. So, like, in the new games, you can heal while running or, or walking. It slows you down, but you can heal. Um, this one, it's like you chug a potion, you flex, and you get the health back. And so, like, healing sets you up for, like, getting hit and stuff. So, like, it's it's the last of that like style of monster hunter where it's a lot, a lot less like quality of life stuff. But, um, I went up against the final boss alone and typically this is a four player game. Uh, a lot of people do multiplayer to do this stuff, but I was like, I'm just, I have a few minutes. My family were off doing other things. Um, they had just got back from, I think we had all just got back from doing the Paul Bunyan show which is um, the Paul Bunyan show, for people who don't know, the, the famous lumberjack Paul Bunyan. We went to a sawmill show, and that's something for our work because our biggest customers are sawmills. What's usually. a sawmill show? Is this another, is this another Ohio thing? Uh, no, they, they happen all around. This is another rural thing, I suppose. Not a Michigan thing. Bro, I live in the... There I is, live in Nebraska. I've never there heard is of this. One, there is one in Detroit that happens every year. Oh, yeah, Detroit. That's well, really rural. I, <laughs> I guess I'm just not a sawmill person. So they just go off and show off like, hey, this is how we cut logs better. And like sell products and stuff. It's just trade okay, show. Okay. Oh, like trade okay. Show. Like okay. You guys know what a trade okay. Show. That makes yeah. more sense. I thought this was a thing like you bring the kids and family to. Yeah, you do. Sometimes. They have, like, contests. Like, um, there's this, like, how fast can you climb up a log with, like, those ropes uh, that they, like, shimmy up a log and stuff. Then they have contests where they shimmy it up and, like, split the log in half from the top down. And it's, it's just really crazy. But, anyways, a lot of it is basically trade shows that you can show off your product and stuff. And we go, since we do a lot of business with sawmills. We had just got back, so everyone had been to this show, and um, people had just got back, and I was uh, I decided to play the game and try to beat the final boss if I, I had a few minutes before everyone was sitting down to watch TV. And everyone got kind of done doing their thing and sitting down and watching me fight Atokaw, and so I got down to, like, all of my healing items are done. Like, I couldn't go back to camp. This isn't... This isn't like newer style Monster Hunter for those who aren't familiar where you can go back to camp and get replenishment on potions. What you brought on the quest is what you had. So I was out. Uh, I had, out of this 50-minute quest, I had 10 seconds left. No potions. And I just went for it. I was like full ham. I killed it. Uh, I got hit. I went down to like 
like a smidge of health, like down to like one or two percent. And then I finally hit it. I killed it. And the whole room was like, yeah, you did it. And I like my whole family was there watching. It was a little funny, like just like this, like, like group event of me defeating the final boss of uh, Generations Ultimate. Um, so yeah, that was that. And I would say for Monster Hunter, that's my biggest achievement because <laughs> it was tough. It was tough solo. Uh, I had never done it. Of course, there's people out there who are like, yeah, I'll solo it in 15 minutes. Da, da, da. But that's not me. I'm not, I'm not the world's greatest player. I, I, I gave it my all <laughs> and barely got it, but I beat it several times with people since. Also, I didn't know what the fight was. I was going into that fight blind. So, like, oh yeah, it's a giant praying mantis. That's new. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's number two for me. So Sasha, what's uh, what's your second one? Um, I'm gonna go with my rarest achievement that I'm also the most proud of. Um, with Xbox, okay. I completed SSX. Um, for I, I went on my True Achievements page to kind of look up some of the statistics about this uh, to see exactly how rare this was. And 1% of gamers complete SSX. So 1% of people who have wow. started the game have completed all of the achievements. And it's because it's really hard. Um, so I actually, I pulled up a bunch of the achievements because I cannot believe that I did some of this stuff, honestly. Uh, like one of them was surviving cold descent without equipping a solar panel. So cold descent is a level that has, um, it has cold advisory. So you have to equip special equipment to survive. And if you go in the shadows, you uh, take cold damage and your character will die before the end of the race. So I, beat this without equipping any of the special equipment and uh, instead equipping uh, not the cold stuff but a wind glider and just gliding down the mountain as fast as I could before I died from wind and cold damage and I got all the gold badges for global events gear badges um, actually it was harder to get bronze badges because I was so good at the game I, it is actually something I had to get drunk to do I'm sorry I've got a BRB but you guys keep going <laughs> yeah sure um, so I had to to get the, the easier badges um, the easier achievements I had to dumb my, my gaming down to actually do it that's interesting yes I've like never had to do that before Because normally, when you have one like that, like if you achieve the higher ones, it normally just gives you the lower ones. Yeah, so with that one, um, specifically, it's the global events. You have to, mm -hmm. you don't actually play against people one-on-one, -on -one, which is nice for a multiplayer game because for games that didn't just come out, it might be hard to get a full race going. Um, mm -hmm. So what you do instead is you, you play it and your time, your best time or your best score gets uh, put on a leaderboard. And then it's for like 24 hours, 48 hours or a week or however long it is. And, and then you get mm -hmm. a badge based on how you did. But I kept doing so well every time I played that I kept getting gold and I wouldn't get the silver and I wouldn't get the bronze. Oh, 
Yes. So you have to purposely sabotage yourself at some point in the run. Yes. So I did that with Hard Cider. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's one way to do it, I suppose. It it is. Huh. And what that was was this three sixty days? It was three sixty. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember some of those early achievements being like, "Why the how the hell are you supposed to be able to do?" Like, like I remember that's that's what like I always thought that because three sixty started this whole achievements thing, uh, and then I was like, "This is cool. I love this." Um, and I remember Halo even having like, if you remember Halo having like, what did they call it? It was the bungee something. Bungie ran this thing where they kept track of like literally everything you had done in Halo, to the minute detail. Yeah, that was in I think Reach did that. Um, you'd get well, like little... they did it for earlier games too. See, I I only really got heavy into Reach because it was something that my brother and my husband and my cousin like everyone just wanted to play together. But I do remember you would get like in-game skins, unlock special stuff. I just called it yeah. Halo Barbie. Uh, Halo Barbie. Um, so this website, it's kind of like this third-party thing with like true achievements and true trophies, but ben Bungie themselves hosted it um, for Halo. And I remember it used to keep track of your splats, which is the road kills. And I would go online and like try to determine how much splats i got and like like that was like my thing is like try to get as many splats as i could and um also there was the pi the pylon kills and those were like super rare because you had to have like hit a pylon fast enough for it to fly into a spartan and kill them like it was super I got one, and I saved a replay of it back in the day because I like at the beginning of the match I shot a sniper rifle shot, and it did one of those crazy things where it like ricocheted a bunch, and then it hit a pylon, and the pylon flew into the guy and killed him, and it was like a kill within like the first couple seconds of the match. It was like insane. I was like, how did I get a kill? So I actually backtracked it through the replay mode. And looked to see what happened. And I was like, it's my only pylon kill. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, I was, I was so excited. Um, uh, I guess some of the chats talking about some Halo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They did let you say replays. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I do remember they shut that down too. Uh, as after Atlantis is saying, uh, they, they shut that site down a while ago. But yeah, that's how I remember looking for that and stuff. So that's what kind of got me started on achievements as well for 360. But ever since then, I have way let my account lapse because I've not had uh, an Xbox account since the 360 days. So not an active one, at least. So someone could have my gamer tag now. Someone could. Because it's been phased out. Um, I, I would be devastated. But I'm on mine every day. Just not usually playing. My kids watching Netflix sure. most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up switching to PlayStation 3. 
because um, my friends were all getting PlayStations, and I went to what they had. It didn't. It didn't help that my friend showed me on his first like big screen TV, Borderlands, and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna play this together." I was like, "Cool." We never played Borderlands together, and I hate that game now because I had to play it by myself. But <laughs> I did get a PS3, and we did play a lot of games together. Oh, man. Borderlands is fun with friends. It is such a boring grind by yourself. Mm-hmm. I think I've fallen asleep playing that game more than once. Oh, yeah. No, I have, I have fallen asleep playing some of my favorite games. Um, especially, like, Monster Hunter. Like, when you're between quests, you're in sort of this hub area, and it's got this relaxing music. And we had... Uh, a good friend of mine who took so long between every quest just figuring out what he wanted to hunt and get his like shopping list of items he wanted it was like 15 minutes between quests and it was just like I would just fall asleep all the time you just it was so you just have like a preset and you just hit the button I know but he was terrible he wanted to go to the smith and look at everything all the time. It was just, it was bad. So, uh, so Pan, uh, your second one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this one, um, uh, was in, uh, Crusader Kings 2. And it's one of the rarer ones in Crusader Kings 2 that, uh, I have. Um, it's called, mm-hmm. uh, Impressive is what the achievement is called. And it's basically, you have to have three successive generations of empresses so your character has to be an empress and then your the next you know that character dies and then the heir is also an empress and then that character dies and then that heir is an empress that is tough to do because of uh male doesn't it favor males? because most governments have male favored inheritance by default and most yeah. and most cultures uh most cultures are locked out of uh female favored inheritance there's like two or three cultures uh that are not locked out of it so did you do this on a culture that didn't have it locked out or did you do it like i did it hard mode um so oh boy uh what i did was so so first off having an empire just having an empire level title that's that's it's not impossible it's not too tough to do but you've got to have an empire level title that you, you can hang on to Two, uh, most vassals just don't like female rulers, unless uh, unless you're attractive. In which case, you get like a giant oh. opi- male vassals, or rather straight male vassals, get a giant opinion bonus towards attractive female rulers. Yeah, you don't you don't get the you don't get the opinion bonus if they're gay. Fair. So, anyways, uh, so. Uh, to make it a little easier, what I did was I started off as the Byzantines, uh, or Eastern Roman Empire, and uh, they they start off at, with an empire level title, so that's easy enough to do. That's easy enough there, and I, all I got to do really oh, is just okay. hang on to it. Then I um, they you can set it so that uh, you can have equal inheritance. So. Basically, mm. it's whatever oldest oldest child gets gets it, whether they're male or female. And then here's where it gets rough, because uh, every every time I, you know, I, I finally got it down to where like I 
I set my I set my oldest daughter up to to inherit. Great, fantastic. She's got the she's got the title. Okay, so now I've got an empress. Now I need to be very very careful and make sure that uh, she doesn't have any sons and she only has daughters. And the thing is, you can't plot to assassinate your own children. You can plot to assassinate. Ah. Yeah, you can plot to assassinate your grandchildren, but you cannot plot to assassinate your own children. However, what you can do, there's two things. Imagine taking this stuff out of context. There are two things you can do. <laughs> you can imprison your own children if they've committed crimes. Okay. And y- there are a few things you can do to prisoners. Um, so what I had to do... Castrate. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. boy. Uh, that was a shot yes, in the Yes, uh, so the Greeks, oh, yes, Greeks specifically can do that to prisoners. The Greek, or the Greek culture group. So, what I had to do, um, her, her three, yeah, so <laughs> her first three kids were, were boys, and I'm like, god damn it, but I finally got a daughter, and she's attractive. Perfect. She's the perfect, uh, next heir. So what I had to do, mm-hmm. uh, first off, uh, I, also if, uh, you cannot force your first two immediate heirs into uh, into the into the church, basically, because you can also like you know you got too many sons, whatever. Just t- tell a couple of them to go become monks, and then they're they're locked out of inheriting anything. But you cannot force your your first uh. two immediate heirs into the church. So, <laughs> I, I I my third son, I forced him into the church. Fine, cool. So n- now I just got to get rid of uh, my firstborn and my secondborn. And then the way is paved for my daughter. Uh, the first one, uh, he's got a really shitty martial score, so I made him the general of my armies, and I set him out on a crusade to kick the shit out of the, the Muslims. And wouldn't you know it, he died in battle. Ah, uh, we, we, he will be remembered finally. <laughs> For, for dying as his purpose. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the next one, he just stubbornly wouldn't die. And more to the point, um, more to the point, he, uh, he knocked up some girl, and then they started having kids. And uh, now I've got grandkids that I've got to deal with because, you know, they're, they might, they're the children of my, of my firstborn son. Firstborn now. So they're going to inherit before my daughter. So I had to plot to kill all of them. And eventually, I uh, started spying on my son, and I made up charges. I, like, planted evidence against him, threw him in prison, and then for the crime, for the, the crime of treason, I castrated him. And so because, a castrated, uh, he, because he was castrated, he, couldn't, he was locked out of inheriting, so then my daughter inherited. Awesome. So now I'm on the second generation of, of empresses. Now with her, basically what I did was I just went seduction focus and I just seduced the entire empire. Like every male vassal, whatever, seduce him. That gives him a plus 100 opinion bonus of me. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. She never got married, but she slept with basically every straight male vassal she had, which there was a lot of them. And, uh, but because uh, she kept having all these kids out of wedlock, uh... She had a lot of bastards, but you know what's great? Bastards can't inherit. So I legitimized—I I legitimized so only the daughters. Legitimized. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, she had like she had like twelve kids and like six like four or five legitimate daughters. So, boom. I uh she you know she dies at like the ripe old age of like seventy two, and her like fifty five year old uh daughter inherits. All her bastard sons are pissed. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. Also, the kingdom kind of fell apart because it was lo- only held together by, uh... It was basically only held together by well, affection. Lies and deceit. It was held together... <laughs> it was held together. It was held together by affection for the empress, is how I'll put it. Oh. Okay. Sure. And once she died, all the vassals were, like, just angry. All these, uh, all these vassals who were, like, the sons of the, the women who had been spurned by the empress... Oh it was gosh. it was tough. It was tough, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> this game is insane. Uh, I did pick up three, and I I barely got into it. Um, boy, this game. <laughs> um, okay, that is that is an achievement. Um, yeah, it's a Steam achievement and everything. <laughs> It's pretty rare to. It's pretty rare. <laughs> Whew. I. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look this up. Uh, do the true trophies thing. I don't. This next one actually is a trophy. It's the first one. It is a trophy. So. Uh, let's see. Yay. Oh wow, it's only a 9% ratio. Okay, so my my next one is the platinum for split second. And uh, split second, so 9% uh, of people who played the game got it. Which isn't, that's actually a little more... It's more popular than I thought it would be, honestly. Um, because the achievements on this, some of them are online based. So you actually had to do competitive online stuff at the time, which, sure, I guess, um, that'll work. But, uh, so basically Split Second, it was one of the few Disney interactive games that weren't, like, Disney characters. Um, if you remember, I've talked about this a couple times before, but it's basically, like, Mario Kart, if Mario Kart was, like, an action movie. So you would have, like, action cues. You would build up stuff by doing stunts, like drifting or passing close to a car. So basically doing, like, action movie things. And you would build up a meter. And you could activate events on this meter. So, like, uh, there's a there's a race. Uh, the, one that, the two that stick out to me that took a full, like, the full meter. It was, like, level one, two, and three. And it took three to do, like, the largest events. Uh, one of them was at the Hoover Dam, and you would blow up the dam, and it would completely alter the track. So you'd have to be going through the ruined dam, like uh, driving across like broken pieces, and through waterfalls and stuff. Whereas the other way, it was just like a a, a racetrack across the top of the dam, um, and beside it. And then another one was like a power plant, and if you activated the third, you would just blow up two of the reactors, just two of the nuclear reactors. And there was actually a, uh, one of the achievements, if I remember correctly, actually I could look here, is actually using that to blow up like three or more 
uh, <laughs> um, like other racers with a nuclear explosion. But like basically, you would just take, you know, these these things and you would like blow up the pieces of the track. So like all the power ups are basically using the environment to destroy the other racers or or knock them around. Now they were never permanently destroyed. They'd spawn back on the track track because of video games, but that kind of thing. So getting the platinum on this game was difficult for two reasons. The first reason being that a it had online ones, so it had to be like get first place uh, in like so many races online, and like of course you know I'm not a super competitive like racing game player. So I had to learn how to race really well. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go for these online ones. And I eventually got it. It took quite a bit of tries, but I eventually got it. But uh, the hardest one is there's there's uh, these, like, basically time attack courses. So get through this course in a certain amount of time with this certain car. And they some of them basically required, like, frame-perfect execution on turns. And that kind of thing. Like, it was just, like, insane times that you would have to hit. And it took me... One of the courses took me... I believe it was four weeks of all of my video game playing being trying this course to beat the time. Like, it was insane. It was my last one, too. It was my last one for the trophy. But I finally got it, and I got the, the trophy... But apparently, 9% is actually really high for a platinum percentage. Like, I, I don't know. I was expecting it to be, like, in the 3% range, but apparently it, it wasn't. It is 3% on Xbox. Um, and I can tell you that I am not one of those people because <laughs> I got pissed off playing this game and gave up about halfway through my achievement list. Oh, so you played this. Okay. I, I Yes. I went through a phase where I was playing a ton of racing games. Uh, I was like really heavy into Split Second and Blur and SSX and Hydro Thunder. And this was one that mm -hmm. I, I started to do some cool stuff with the achievements. But then when I got to like the time trials and the online stuff, I, I started to get very frustrated no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my effort somewhere else. Yes. Oh wait, no. It was called Detonator because if you didn't win in the amount of time, they blew up your car and you lost. I'm seeing it now on the achievement list. It's called Beat the Team, and it's Beat the Team as in you're beating the development team. Was the achievement? Oh man. Yeah, so beat the team to the revenge. Beat one minute, 18 seconds on power plant and detonator. Yeah, that's the one that, that took me forever. Apparently, that's at a 10% ratio on getting that. Well, apparently so, PlayStation gamers are just better than Xbox gamers at this one because beat the team on Xbox is 5% and beat the team 2 is 4%. Ooh, yeah, it's 11 and 10 here. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, I'm looking to make sure. Yeah, I have no other no other trackable achievements other than the last one. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, 
that's my uh, third one is Split Second Platinum. Uh, I took a long time to do and for whatever reason I get really into completionist on racing games um, Mario Kart I was like nope I gotta get first on every cup every CC like I just gotta do it so and split second I loved I'm sad that there wasn't ever another split second honestly it was a good game in my opinion I liked it of course I like a lot of crashing games like Burnout it was good. I just uh, I wasn't as naturally gifted at as it at it as others, so frustrated. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so number three for you, Sasha. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your racing genre, and the next one for me was earning every primary light on hard difficulty in a game called Blur. Um, this one is the achievement's called Somebody Stop Me. And two percent, two percent of gamers yeah. have this achievement. I I did not complete Blur. I almost completed Blur. Um, the only mm -hmm. things that kind of left me out were some online achievements. Um, because when I finally started playing this game, it was not, it wasn't super popular. Um, so yeah. it, was, it was hard to pick up multiplayer. But uh, earning every light on hard was was a challenge. There were a few races that were like I remember playing for weeks over and over and over again. Um, and they weren't the actual races. There were like special races that you would have to do, like destruction races were the hardest to me uh, on hard, where you had to pick up you had to pick up these special bolts. There were two different kinds of weapons you could pick up, but on hard. The cars took more damage, and there were less weapon pickups, and you had to also be really, really fast. Um, so mm. I remember there being a few of the last last races that tested my patience, where I'm like, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Um, but I did. And I remember when I finally got the last light on Blur, I, I let out this big sight sigh of relief and then I shut the game off and I don't think I've ever played it since then come out on top yes. so it was called last light um the achievement's called somebody stop me somebody stop yes and I'm looking to see what the equivalent is on the PlayStation end because I'm curious yeah, so on Xbox, this one is, yeah, 2% of the people who've played the game have done this. And I actually remember, too, I had a I had a friend, one other friend on my friends list who actually played this game, and he was really, really good. And mm -hmm. he had times that were better than me in almost every race, but he did not get every primary light on hard, and I felt so accomplished <laughs> that I did. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah, so somebody stopped me. Um, out of 835 tracked gamers, 4%. Got it. Yep, 993 on Xbox. Boy. Yeah. I like that. I like that. It's good. Okay. 
I, I remember Blur. I, I don't remember why I didn't pick up Blur, because Blur would have been up my alley in those days, and I don't remember why I didn't. Yeah, I feel like Blur is is just a real car version of Mario Kart. Yeah, I know. Like, I would have loved it. I don't I don't know why I didn't. All right. Uh, Pan, your third one. Okay, so I've talked about this one a couple of times before. Um, it's the uh, Harvest Moon 64 party picture. Oh, yes. I remember yeah. this one. So, a uh, little bit of backstory for uh, people who haven't heard about this a bit. Uh, Harvest Moon 64 is kind of like the granddaddy of, like, farming games. Um, it's it's the game mm -hmm. that pretty heavily inspired Con Concerned Ape to uh, make Stardew Valley. Um, and I think it's honestly one of the better Harvest Moon uh, games, like, that's been made. It's just I've, I've done everything in it now, so I'm d pretty much done with it. So, the party picture... Uh, so, you know, standard farming game, you inherited a farm from your dead grandpa, and you move out of, t you move out of the big city to, to start a life on this farm, and uh, in two years, your dad is going to come and basically rate your life and decide if you get to stay on the farm or if he's going to drag you back to the city. And uh, so, basically, uh, for like ten years after this game came out, there uh, people, like, there were rumors all over the place, and nobody, like, for sure knew exactly what conditions you had to meet uh, before your dad showed up for, uh, to get this sort of, this picture where the entire town comes to your farm to throw a big party after your dad shows up. And then this photographer shows up, and you get this picture to put in your photo album. It's called the party picture. Um, and for years, nobody knew how to get it. And, like, this, this one guy just data-mined the ever-loving crap out of the game. He, like, documented everything on his blog, and I, I mean, I saw the, him reposted on Game FAQs. This was in like, uh, let's see, the game came out in like the late 90s, so this was in like 2009, 2010 when I was reading it on Game FAQs. Uh, and he documented exactly everything you needed to do to get the party picture. And some of it is luck. Oh boy. There's, there's a few, there are a few luck components to it, um, but you basically, you know, you have to. No! Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> I did something wrong. Oh. With the stream. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I'm trying to... While okay. Go ahead. So, uh, you have to, um, you know, you have to have at least, like, ten best friends. You have to have, like, all the, all the marriageable girls in town have to like you. You have to be married yourself. You have to have a baby. Um... You have to have at least so many cows and chickens. I forget I forget everything you have to have done. But there's a lot of things you have to have had done. And then you you know, then the town will come and celebrate with you after your when your dad comes to visit. And uh right. so I I decided uh I was going to get the I, I was going to get the party picture. I got Harvest Moon 64 on uh on virtual console. I think on the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, it was on the Wii U. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I set out to get the party picture, and I decided for myself, not only was I going to get the party picture, but I was going to get every other life event photograph, uh, done before my dad showed up. And basically, there's various life events you go through, uh, in the town, and the photographer shows up and gives you a picture to put in your album. Some of them are pretty tough, like, uh, basically, for every one of the marriage candidate girls, um... 
she'll like go on a date with you and like confess her love to you and then the photographer shows up and takes your picture so uh it, and it's really tricky because they won't go on a date with you if you're if you're married but you have to be ma- but you have Fair. to be married and have a baby by the time your dad shows up to get the picture so i basically had a timetable of no i have to seduce every girl in this town within two ye- within a year not two years. It was a year because it still takes a, it takes like a year after you get married for the baby to be old enough for your dad to the, the baby has to be so old before your dad shows up. So it was mm-hmm. tough. the The first time I went through, I uh, I failed because uh, I was in like I was in the fall of my second year, and dad shows up and sp- he shows up uh, at the end of spring of your third year. So basically, I I was almost there. Basically, just had a few months left in the game before he showed up. Just like in Stardew yes. Valley when you get reviewed by the yes, candles. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. When Grandpa's ghost shows up, yes. That's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I uh, I screwed up because uh, I basically uh, did not get uh, the date picture with one of the girls uh, in in time. I had to have it like done by like fall 12th in order to get married in time to have a baby old enough for my dad's picture. And that sucked because I had to start over from scratch. But I was so happy when I finally, uh, when I finally got through all of it, and my dad showed up, and then everybody got together for the picture, and I had the complete Harvest Moon '64 album done by the time Dad showed up, and he let me stay on the farm and didn't drive me back to the city with my wife and baby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you like don't make a good life for yourself, he like chews you out for like wasting, uh, for wasting the potential of Grandpa's farm, and he like seizes it from you and tells you to go back to like the family home in the city, and then it's a game over. That's a little more harsh yeah. than Stardew. It's a little more harsh. Yeah, because Stardew, it's like, eh, you'll get it next year. Yeah, sonny. basically. <laughs> <laughs> now I actually. Um, my playthrough that Emery deleted on Stardew, um, that, that 300 hour save, I got first try, I got the, the full grandpa's approval. Um, but I didn't do anything crazy. I mean, I, I got a lot of dissent from the ex-wife at the time for marrying Haley, but whatever. But... (laughs) Apparently, I'm not allowed to to, to marry the blonde girl because because that's a that's a sin. Whatever. <laughs> in in Harvest Moon '64, I I tend to marry I, I don't like it because she always breaks the chicken eggs because she's clumsy. But I always marry Anne. The reason I marry Anne is because uh, if you don't marry Anne, then she marries the mountain hobo guy Cliff. And she is oh, a no. no 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 Cliff is fine. Cliff is who I would marry if I if you could if you could marry dudes in Harvest Moon sixty four. But mm-hmm. video games were only for boys back in the nineties, so you know. A- anyways, <laughs> um, but uh, there are like scenes where like you show you go to the farm to like hang out with Cliff and Anne and stuff, and Anne comes like running out of the house like yelling at Cliff, and he has a black eye. So I try to save Cliff from that abusive marriage by marrying Anne for him. Oh, that's problematic. Yeah, no, it super is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, (laughs) oh man, no, um, also your age is stated to be 16. 
and there's like on New Year's Day, the entire town gets together and drinks. And uh, what you, one of the things you have to do is out drink everyone in town. And yeah, 16. yeah. No, you go, you walk up and okay. talk to them, and they like each one of you takes a drink of alcohol, and eventually, like the the town's fo- the NPCs of town will like get sick and go home. Your your alcohol limit is based on how many drinks of alcohol you had throughout the year. So, like, if you had like thirty drinks of alcohol that year in the game, then you have thirty drinks you can take on uh, on New Year's Day. Anyways, yeah. the vineyard owner's daughter she she takes like fourteen drinks to send home. And if if you fail, like your character's face goes red, you get swirly eyes, and you fall over, and black out. So it'd be one for yeah. me if I tried. Yeah, there's a couple of characters who yeah. are like uh, the baker. Yeah, the baker do- never drinks. Um, so like he has one drink, and then he's like, "Oh God!" He's like, "Oh, oh, I gotta go home." <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's some. There's. I like that one. So yeah, yeah. Harvest Moon '64 got the full, complete uh, photo album, including the party picture, uh, before Dad showed up. Okay. Um. So some some viewers might have seen me pull up my Blizzard account while we were talking there. One of my things is dealing with Diablo three, and I was going to see. If I could check it while Pan was talking, the answer is no. I cannot. <laughs> so sorry about that. If you guys saw that, um, basically. Uh, so th- uh, my next one is uh, the amount I-, I wanted to talk about the amount of playtime I put into a single game. Uh, the highest playtime into a single game I have, which is Diablo three. I have been playing this game off and on since its release in 2012. Um, like I was uh, talking about earlier, I have really, really upped to playing it again lately. It is also the game I have bought on most systems and or times. Um, I have now purchased this game eight times between uh, four releases on PC, which is, does include the base game and the one expansion. But to be fair, the expansion was just as expensive as the base game on launch. Uh, maybe even, yeah, I think it was just the same. I think they were both forty. Um, I bought it on PS3. I bought it on PS4, and then I bought the expansion on PS4, and then I bought it on Switch. So, four console launches and four PC launches. And this doesn't include the Necromancer pack, which I bought uh, standalone, which is $10 on PC. So I bought everything this game offers content-wise. Um, and they actually have a way to track your playtime based on characters. Based on classes, I should say. You can look at a class and see how much hours you have. And I was going to try to see if I could check that and not have it show up on stream while, while, while Pan was talking, but... That's not going to be possible. So, I will go off of this. I know it's my most played game because I know that in 2014, I had 3,000 hours on the wizard alone. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, uh, but both so uh, it might not show up on audio, but or, or for the people who are just listening, both Sasha and Pan were like, "Wow!" I did a slow <laughs> Owen Wilson style "Wow" movement with my mouth. Um. Yeah, it's 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 a thing because I have been through this game since it launched, right? Obviously. I was there for error 33, the infamous server error where everyone was like, oh no, Diablo's always online now and it's no one's going to like it. Um, so the infamous error 33, for those who aren't aware, is launch day of Diablo 3, it didn't work for a good three days because so many people were trying to log in that it failed the servers. So everyone who couldn't get in got error 33. Um... I was there with Va uh, the original Torment, which there used to be. So Diablo has this thing, and Sasha, you played Diablo three. When did you you started playing on console release, right? So they're probably up through Torment ten at that point, at least. Yes. Yeah, I played on yeah. three sixty when when it launched on three sixty. Okay. So traditional Diablo games, Diablo three strays from that quite a bit. It used to only be three difficulty d difficulties, and this will be the true in the remaster coming out uh for diablo 2 normal nightmare in hell they added torment because they knew people were going to blast through whatever content they had they were trying to prepare for that and they made torment hard we're talking extremely hard as in no one in the world beat it for the first couple months like the world record for like the first month i think was in act two of the four acts in diablo one like it was so hard that it was like dang near impossible um then they added like i've been there through the uh, this thing they called valor stacks so it used to be like to get better magical items you would have to kill elite packs which would give you a stack of valor and once you got five valor stacks then you would just go farming things and bosses with your full magic find and go kill things that's no longer a thing now legendary items drop like Every other, it feels like every other item, but they're they're a much higher drop rate. Legendary items in the original game were super rare, and also sucked. Like yellow items were just better than legendary items most of the time. Um, they've done so much to improve the game over the years. I think Reaper of Souls, which came out in 2014, really uh, brought the game to where it's at now a lot. And they, of course, introduced Seasons in 2015, I think. I think it was the next year after. They're now on Season 24, which is what I've been playing, because Season 24 introduced some cool mechanics, I think, um, with the Ethereal weapons. So that's what I've been doing, is trying to get the Ethereal weapons, because if you get all 21 before the season ends, you get to have those as a uh, aesthetic item. So it's kind of like a race. But if you don't do it, they're gone forever, and you never get it. Um, which is kind of, you know, kind of shitty, but at the same time, I'm just enjoying playing the game. So whatever. But yeah, I put a ton of hours in this game. And like I said, we're talking like years ago, I put 3000 hours into it on a single class. And that was just on PC. That doesn't include any of the times the, the time I put on PS3, PS4 or switch. Um, also, it doesn't include any of the other classes. There are seven classes, with all of which I have taken to Endgame and beyond. Several hundreds of hours, at least. Uh, but I will say the wizard is probably my furthest one that I have taken. 
Because how could I not? She is the one that is voiced by the same actress as Azula from Avatar, The Last Airbender. So, how could I not want to hear her say, Die, demon, in like whatever her Azula voice. And I always make her a fire wizard, because it's you got to. Or lightning. Lightning works, too. If you're familiar with Avatar. <laughs> she actually does have some lines from the show, too. Like, there are some lines that match up exactly. Yeah, uh, she's a hero in Heroes of the Storm as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So she has, yeah. Well, I mean, they did that on purpose, right? Because she appeared in the Heroes of the Storm as the Diablo 3 sword, wizard. Wizardess, I guess. I guess you call it wizard. That's wizard. I, I forget know. what she's called. I forget what she's term. called. But she's just the female wizard in Diablo 3. Which I think is really cool. Diablo 3 did is have each class be male and female. Because Diablo 2 was just like, hey, here's a dude. Hey, here's a girl. Hey, here's a dude. And let you be everything in Diablo 3. And 4. 4 is going to be doing that too. But yeah, most played game. Diablo 3. Um, it's still going to continue to be my most played game. Because I'm still actively playing it <laughs> today. <laughs> so, we'll see. Single game, I should say, though. I've... I don't know. I think this game beats all of my playtime with Monster Hunter added together as well. I think it does. But there's a reason why Monster Hunter in it are sitting in my top three. <laughs> Along with Doom. Doom might beat it, but there's no way to track my Doom time at all. So who knows? So that's uh, that was my next one. So Sasha, number four. Um, I'm going to go with... So there is a specific achievement that I had to try and retry a few times to get. And it's not that rare of an achievement. Um, I don't know why it was so hard for me, but it was. Um, but it was. it's an achievement called Grim Reaper. And it is in Dragon Age Origins. And it is defeating the Harvester mm -hmm. on hard or nightmare difficulty. So when I did this, I did do it on nightmare um the reason that i had such a hard time with this particular achievement is that it is a it's part of the dlc golems of omgarak i think and you do not actually get to go with your party members your regular party members you get these two dwarves that are i think like one of them's a warrior and one of them's a rogue um and rogues are weak party members in dragon age and all of the dragon age games so you're already kind of off the bat at a disadvantage. So the first time that I played through this DLC, I had played through as my rogue character uh, because I usually play as the rogue. And then I got, well, fucked <laughs> with two rogues and a warrior <laughs> going into this final battle um, with the Harvester who um, heals itself, uh, does sends dots, sends crowd, uh, does crowd damage, crowd control, all kinds of just crap. And I did not, I was not well equipped for this. You also get your inventory wiped at the start of the, at the start of the DLC. So anything that you've done in the game heading in, there's really no advantage. So to, I pretty much had to accept defeat. I could not do it with the rogue, uh, with the two rogues and the warrior. So I restarted the entire game and played as a mage and rebuilt myself as a healer so that I could go through and do this again and heal my party members. 
um, and keep that stupid rogue and that stupid warrior alive. Um, and in Dragon Age Origins, this one is, is a little bit harder, I think, than the other games because you do need to go in and set mm-hmm. all your party members, um, set, set them up to heal themselves at the right times, like protect other party members when the party member's health gets under a certain percentage, um, do certain types of crowd control attacks when there's too many enemies. So it ended up being something that I sunk way too much time into. And then when I saw that it really wasn't that hard of an achievement, I felt really stupid, but I felt very accomplished (laughs) when I did, when I did finally beat it. Yeah, I was gonna say I found it. It was like forty-four yeah. percent of people have done it. And I was like, "Sorry, I've got to go again for a second. My <laughs> son's kind of having a rough night tonight. I'll be right back." It's okay. I unfortunately didn't get into Dragon Age Origins. Um, at the time, I was primarily and almost exclusively a console gamer, um, and Dragon Age Origins on PS3 was not good, in my opinion. Um, it was not designed well for that system, at least. Um, I remember there was a lot of management stuff that was like, this would be like a billion times easier on PC or with a better controller layout or with something. Cause like it was the whole hard. game is a lot easier uh, on PC origins is anyway. I, I feel like yeah. origins is a much easier game when you can get like a wow style interface with all of your um, abilities in front of you, all of your inventory mm-hmm. management and to be able to switch easily between your party members. Yeah. Fortunate for me, I played origins first on the console. So my brain was wired to play the broken version first before I played it on PC. But I, I played it at launch and I, was really excited about dlc when it came out and i was Mm. i would get really excited if my name my gamer tag would get published on the true achievements page as one of the first people to get the achievement which only would happen Mm. with dlc so that was part of the other reason why i screwed up so bad playing the harvester on nightmare was i there were no guides there i wasn't prepared to know that i was gonna get lousy party members that I should not play as a rogue, that I should play as a party member that could heal. So I got to problem solve that myself. Yeah, this, there looks like there was eight, uh, eight DLCs for this game. Yes, including, um, cause this one had a like massive expansion as well. So you got, um, Warden's Keep was a Small DLC, Witch Hunt was a small DLC, uh, The Golems of Omgrath was small, Leliana's Song small, but you got this one called Awakening that increased the level cap, added new areas, added a new storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss when games used to do that, like real expansions, not just like, here's some equipment and two quests. Yeah, yeah that... Again, to go back to Diablo, that's that's sort of been their style, right? Like base Diablo two, you got Lord of Destruction, and you went from base Diablo three to uh, Reaper of Souls. Um, but a lot of times, you know, these modern games they don't do that. They have like here's like this small thing. Um, and actually, um, Sasha, you don't since you're not as familiar with Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter still sticks to that as well. They do full 
expansions. Now they do recently they have had like oh here's title update some stuff something something here's like one or two new monsters here you go but like there is almost always an expansion on the horizon that is going to increase the level cap add new monsters new mechanics and everything so yeah i i think expansions are always more exciting because you're actually getting more content versus no, I mean, like, DLC, you always get more content, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it doesn't change much. You okay, Pam? Oh, you, she can't hear us yet. Everything okay? Um, so my father-in-law visited earlier, and he brought a present for my son. A little... Uh -oh. No, it's fine. It's a little wooden, uh, train track bridge. Because he has a bunch of, he has a bunch of wooden train tracks, oh, yeah. so... My father-in-law brought him this, like, fancy train track piece for his train track set. He was flipping out because he thought that my husband took the train track bridge away. And he would not say a word. He did not want to have anything to do with uh, Daddy because he was pretty sure Daddy took his train track bridge. The damn thing was under his blanket. Poor Daddy. Yeah. I've been there. Uh I've I've been there. I'm sorry, and, Steve. Yeah, and I just I went. I'm like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go find this bridge because he wanted mm -hmm. to take it to bed with him. So he's upstairs, <laughs> curled up in his blanket with a train track bridge now. Yep. Yeah, I uh, like I was uh, I mentioned before the show, or actually no, it was the beginning of the show. I uh, you know, open house with my daughter. She, uh, she fell and scraped her arm and, uh, she, she, I was surprised she didn't blame me because we all decided we were going to do a crab walk to the car and she tripped doing it, um, and scraped her arm and I thought she was going to blame me. She ended up blaming her sister for having the idea to crab walk. So I've been hearing them fight about that and that was Tuesday that happened. To be wrong, to, don't get me wrong though. Her scab is pretty bad. Like it's, it's a pretty big one. But she really scraped her arm. But like it's just, yeah. I, I've been I've been the quote unquote bad guy for an imagined slight before. <laughs> yeah. So um, I had to go arbitrate that discussion. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's understandable. We are all parents yeah. here. <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, I don't know if you caught that pan, but, um, basically, uh, Dragon Age Origins, um, DLC, uh, was very oh, yeah. hard to beat yeah. this yeah, boss Yeah, I heard that part of the story, yes. Sasha. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of discussion about expansions as well, versus, like, just DLC, because there was a lot of small DLC for Origins, and there was expansion, and I was explaining that, uh, Monster Hunter has expansions, and we've been getting the small DLC stuff like the uh, Valstrax update we got in Rise and that kind of stuff. And remember you mentioned you archived Rise. Did you unarchive it because of that new thing? What was even the new thing? Um, I didn't see anything I, I just it. happened to see a thing on Facebook, but it was not easy to see. Um, some Kushala de Aura event in the Sandy Plains. Yeah. Oh, well... Okay, yeah, I'll just catch up on that when the expansion yeah, comes. Yeah. Who, who cares? But All I right. just I just thought it was funny All right. that like you know, I archived Rise to make room for uh 
for um, Pioneers of Olive Town. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. so I, I archived yeah. it to make room for Pioneers of Olive Town. And uh, yeah, and someone on the Discord, I believe it was Chrono Strider, said, "And before a major update to Rise, and you have to unarchive it in two days." And then two days later, that mm-hmm. that happened. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, I believe that was number four for Sasha. So, I think we're on number four okay. for you, Pan. So, we're on another Crusader Kings 2 tale. Oh, boy. So, this one is called, uh, Seven Centuries. So, the time span that Crusader Kings 2 takes place in, it spans basically, um... The early Middle Ages all the way up to just the barely beginning of the Renaissance. So basically the medieval era from about 700 AD to like Mm -hmm. sometime in the 1400s. I forget exactly. So the. Right. Basically during the Crusades. Yeah. Yeah. Like the game in the beginning was like a strategy game about being a ruler during the Crusades. But, you know, they they kind of spiraled out of control. And now it's more about a dynasty simulator in Europe and then India. And Northern yeah. Africa. And bits of China, too, now. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, so... Uh, so, Seven Centuries. It's basically an achievement you get for for starting your dynasty at the earliest start date and lasting all the way up to the beginning of the Renaissance. And that's it's tough because, mm. you, know, okay. um, you know, your dynasty loses power. Uh, you know, you're basically screwed. Um, you know... You, uh, you know, you marry too many of your cousins and then you get too inbred and you just can't make any more descendants after that. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of diseases that can rack your world. The fucking Mongols. If you have the DLC, there's also the fucking Aztecs. Yeah, there's a, there's a fun, there's a DLC they had for like four bucks called the Sunset Invasion. And basically, as a random event, an Aztec horde will sail across the ocean and land somewhere, uh, somewhere in Western Europe, and just like kick the shit out of you. It's funny. That's yeah, a little no, weird. And then, is that is that no, actually based absolutely in not. somewhere? Absolutely not. I would. I didn't think so because, like, I didn't the Aztecs just sort of like yeah. stay. Yeah. There yeah. No. In Mexico? Yeah. The Aztecs will like, land. They usually land yeah. in either France, Spain, or Great Britain. One time they landed in like Morocco, and that was funny. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fucked. They're yeah. by themselves. Bye. <laughs> so um. Anyways, yeah. uh, yeah, so the Aztecs will land, and then just, like, they will go a-conquering and sacrificing Christians to their pagan gods and whatnot. You know, standard pagan things. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's a lot of things that can just, you know, take out your whole family uh, during the course of 700 years. So it's, it's kind of tough to, uh, to, you know, keep the bloodline going and keep the dynasty alive. Um, but the right. first time, I've done it a couple of times. The first time I did it, I did it as my favorite, uh, my favorite civilization to do, uh, the Byzantines. And also during this playthrough, okay. I actually restored the Roman Empire, and that was fun. Like, I, I reconquered everything that, like, that was under the territory of Rome at its height. And, uh, renamed, and I had this event that renamed, uh, 
that renamed our country as uh, the Roman Empire instead of as the Byzantine Empire. And then, and then instead right. of being called emperor, it was a uh, Caesar. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then you get yeah. like whoever the Caesar is gets a plus, gets a big vassal bonus to any vassal who is part of Rome's traditional territory. So that's neat. Anyways, um, is there an achievement if you get assassinated? I don't know. Brute? It's not hard That'd to get assassinated. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, so. But okay. uh, during the course of this playthrough, um, you know, I had a pretty decent empire, so the Mongols weren't a problem. The Aztecs, the Aztecs yeah. ran into the wall that is the Abbasid Empire, and the Abbasids just declared a jihad against them and kicked the shit out of them, kicked them back across the sea. And then the Abbasids later ran into the mm -hmm. Romans, and uh, that didn't turn out so good for the non-Romans, I'll tell you that. So the Aztecs weren't a bother. But you know what yeah. really sucked? The plague. The plague. Oh. oh, I remember this story now. Yeah. You know, um, I had a, I had a late... The, the, the plague can spawn any time between like 1100 and like 1300 or so. And so it spawned yeah. like at the one of the latest start dates possible. And it just ripped through Europe. It actually like ping-ponged back and forth a couple of times. Because if a county has the plague, it can spread to a nearby county, etc., etc. So it like went all the way across Europe and then went all the right. way across back across and it ping ponged back and forth a couple of times. So I was dealing with the plague. Go ahead. Now, this is the yes, bubonic yes, yes, plague, yes, right? Yes, it, it is the, the black, black plague, plague. Yes. Okay. So I was dealing with the plague, and you know it ripped through, and you know it did a number on my dynasty, but then like all my counties, uh, all the, you know all all of my important territories and counties. They recovered, and, you know, the plague moved on and went off to Russia, and, you know, who the fuck cares about Russia? Certainly. People wearing their masks, yeah. staying home, yeah. you know, all the good stuff. So who cares about Russia? Yeah. And Russia's got the plague now. So, but we, we, we survived. <laughs> and, you know, the nice thing is yeah. is that when the plague rips through and just takes out your vassal's entire families, there is no one who can inherit the territory, so the emperor must take upon that burden upon himself. So I gained a lot of territory. Oh, no. I gained a lot of land because I was yeah. the, like, you know, I was the closest living relative to a lot of people who died in the plague. Uh, so you know, I, I give territory oh, out boy. to all of my all my kids who aren't good enough to become emperor and all that jazz. Um, but then the plague starts coming back, and by now I am the I am the empress, and uh, it's okay though. We've got a strong family. I've got like seven brothers and sisters. They've all got families of their own and territories that they hold all throughout the Imperium. You know, we're not all in one location, so someone's going to survive. I myself have like 13 kids. We'll be fine. We were not fine. We were, I was a hundred years, a, a century, so it's two lifetimes. Basically two lifetimes away from the, the end of the game. It's in sight. I've been hanging on. Hanging on by a thread. And, uh, you know, the Empress gets the plague, and I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit, she's dead. Well, it's okay. She's got a bunch of kids. Oh, crap. Half my brothers and sisters are dead of the plague. When the fuck did that happen? And all their kids are dead, too. That's okay. I've still got a bunch of kids. Oh, I'm pregnant. Great. That's, that's wonderful. I'm like 45. How the hell? 
So uh, right. the Empress dies in childbirth, and because she died in childbirth, the last kid does not get legitimized because she wasn't alive to legitimize the kid. Oh, yeah. that's some BS. Well, she wasn't married. Wow. That's why. Mm. Yeah, uh, no, she wasn't married. Okay. No, I, I was doing... I was... Still. That's like, that's like my troll argument for... Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry well ahead. This is something I came up with in high school, but um, I have a troll argument for abortion rights where people are like, you know, the, the rights of the child and that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, technically they don't have rights because they are <laughs> So, well, I'm sorry. It's a troll answer. It's terrible. I know it. I came up with it as a stupid well, teenager. So I was, go ahead. I was doing, I was doing that, the, the same BS as I described earlier. Where, uh, you know, since I'm, a, since I'm the yeah. empress, I'm just getting a whole bunch of vassal opinion by sleeping with all my vassals and remaining unmarried. So, like, all my kids are either bastards or legitimized mm. bastards. So, you know, she dies in childbirth to this bastard and because she's not around to legitimize him, and that sucks. And uh, I play, at, so, you know, she dies in childbirth, and I play as, uh, you know, her, her oldest son. And, well, he's already got the plague, and he's got, like pneumonia as well so he's like dead like two minutes later i think it was actually like a week later okay yeah no, so like one after terrible. another i play as like th i play as like five or six uh different emperors within like three years who just like they're just dropping like flies i'm like oh shit so most of my dynasty is dead by the time i finally like get a hail strong like healthy character who isn't like sick of the plague and there's, Plagued, yeah. you know, there's about 80 years left to go. But wouldn't you know it, there's a typhus outbreak in Rome. And everybody gets typhus and dies. And, uh, you, I'm just, like, desperately marrying off members of my dynasty because, I, I, fuck it, I've got to get an heir. I've got to, I've got to survive the next 60 years. And people are just dying left and right, and I can't keep anyone alive. And, uh, just, you know, as a one-off, I just, that, that, that bastard that the, the empress died giving birth to, he's about 16, so I marry him off to some distant cousin. He's a bastard, yes, but he's still an emperor or empress's, uh, offspring, so it's still, like, a, a prestigious marriage, and I convince this, this cousin, this distant cousin to marry him. Uh, so their offspring will be legitimate heirs of the dynasty through their mother. Because, you know, she's, you know, mm. wouldn't you know it, everyone dies except for this bastard, <laughs> Samuel, that was his name, Samuel the Bastard, was his, Emperor Samuel the Bastard was his, like, title. And he ends up being, like, he ends up, like, being the sole survivor out of, like, everyone. He's the only one left alive, him and his, like, three kids. And, uh. Yeah, oh, and geez. at the very end of the game, he, he is still, like, hanging on as, like, this decrepit 95-year-old emperor that, like, survived everything. All his relatives died, his entire family died, but this one, this one, uh, like, just, he, he made it. He, he, he kept mm -hmm. the family alive, he kept the bloodline, he kept the bloodline going, and I, I was so relieved when I got that little pop-up that says, 
that was like the the age of the age of crusades has come and gone and new new innovations are new innovations are you know coming to the world and things are changing and uh the sun rises on a new day for the roman empire or right, something like that where it pops up and it was it was such a relief that he find that he survived long enough to like keep the game going it was so tense that, it was so tense yeah yeah, and he could die, like, yeah. being 90-something, Yeah, he, he was like 90. Day. He was, like, yeah. 90, and I was just so tense and scared that he was going to die, and, like, the game would be over. But, nope, we made it. Dang. Yeah, I remember that story. That is, that is insane. That is an insane yeah. way to get that achievement. Yeah, the Ooh, fucking boy. plague, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, um... So, uh, my fifth one, which I actually switched my fourth and fifth, but uh, I'll just talk about this. I've talked about this recently, I know, and this is where I got eighth in the world on War for Cybertron. Uh, I was in the leaderboards number eight in the world. And um, I got too competitive and I had to put the game down. But there are some details about that that um, I may not have mentioned. Part of it was most other people, they specialized in a class. And there was there was four classes, if I remember correctly. And they were based on the type of vehicle you were. So, like, you had heavies, which were tanks. You had trucks, which were, I can't remember, but basically Optimus Prime type. You had trucks, tanks, you had cars, which were speed. You had... Car speed. I don't know. They also had jets, like Starscream. So, like, you had those four. So, tanks, trucks, cars, and jets. And someone usually specialized in one of those classes. Like, you just... You, you're, you're a jet player, you're a car player, whatever. I was the only person in the top 50 that had even had close to a... Even across the board, games in all classes. So, I also had... Um, I also did this not playing a single class and getting good with one class. I did this literally every match. I would just play the next class and I would cycle like between every class. And so like I was, I, I, part of the achievement for me was the fact that I was also a well-balanced player on top of hitting the leaderboards. <laughs> Whereas everyone else was like, Hey, I'm exclusively a star scream like player. I, you got to name your transformer but um i mean don't get me wrong there was a lot of star screens and optimus primes too like a lot of people <laughs> named their stuff that um but i just went by fourth one and i believe now this is ps3 i was like it could have been 360 but it was ps3 that i did that but yeah and it might have just been eighth in the world on ps3 too i don't know if the leaderboards <laughs> were stacked between the two but um What's up? Here? Nothing. Somebody just sent me this uh, this meme, this Crusader Kings meme. It shows oh. it shows an after battle, gotcha. uh, like a battle summary, and it's like a hundred infantrymen yeah. apparently defeated twenty thousand uh, infantry and twelve hundred uh, cavalry. <laughs> what the fuck happened here? <laughs> 
Apparently. Apparently. Sparta. I was... I, uh, so I have this thing because of that movie, obviously, where I like to kick a door closed and scream Sparta because it's just funny to me. Um, this rubbed off on my older daughter and she kicked, uh, when she was two, she kicked my basement door closed because I told her to close the basement door, please. And she was like, Sparta! And bam, kicks the door closed. And it was just like, this is, I have never been prouder as a father. This is the this is the the height of, of being a father. I have done it. Um, my uh, I was still with my ex wife at the time. She was not as appreciative as me on that no. on that achievement. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the war for Cybertron. Um, I don't know if a lot of people that played this game is the the unfortunate part. It's like people played the story, I guess, because it was a decent game at, at that time. But like competitive wise for like multiplayer just like eh, whatever it's not like there was only 50 people playing and i was eighth there was you know hundreds of people at least but still i don't know competitively it's the furthest i got i would have also put overwatch in here i was it's hard to describe how to rank early overwatch leagues because they've changed so much over the years but I do. I can relate to League of Legends pretty well because League of Legends, you have like gold and platinum leagues, and then you get into diamond where you're competitive and stuff. Um, it would have been the equivalent of having gold, which is like what most quote unquote good players would would get to, and then you would get like exceptional players in platinum, and then diamond is of course the competitive players that play for money. So, um, the first two leagues of Overwatch, I actually had a crowd, a crew of people. Um, and we actually achieved higher end gold, uh, higher end, like, like almost into platinum where you could be scouted kind of deal. And that was actually really cool for us. But the, the group broke apart after like season womp, womp. two, but yeah, I, and it was, it was also really weird for me because at that time I had just started doing the writing for the articles, how we met pan, the D and D stuff. Um, so I hadn't been on, I mean, I'd been on Reddit for years before I started that. But, you know, a little more communicative in the community of that, that kind of thing. So that's when I reached out and sort of formed this Overwatch team to play with people. Because a, a lot of my real life friends weren't into it. But the team I ended up forming, they were all high schoolers. And at that age, I was 26, oh. 27. And they gave me the nickname because I had a kid, Daddy Fortuan. So that was fun. And I was like, this is a little weird for me. Yeah. A little weird. But it was a lot of fun playing Overwatch <laughs> with a bunch of high schoolers for a long time. <laughs> but, yeah, it was my only other competitive thing that I got, you know, anywhere close in. And uh, I was, I'm just like kind of shoving another one in here. Along with War for Cybertron, because I've talked about the War for Cybertron recently. Um, I did have uh, one of my highest Reddit posts until me stepping down from r slash Monster Hunter as a mod um, was a Farah clip of me shooting the entire team off a cliff with a single blast. Uh, she had like a push thing that didn't do damage, but it would just push you. And I pushed <laughs> the entire team, excluding one person off the cliff, and killed them all. And then I went on to the point and altered the one person and took cleared the point and, and went. And it was like, 
a thousand upvotes on Reddit for that clip in the Overwatch one. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then me stepping down replaced that one. And then I never replaced that post on Reddit until I did my ARC article, which is also controversial. So there we go. For reference, uh, Sasha, my, my I do ecologies sometimes on Reddit. It's how uh, Pan and I met, is me doing these D&D monster ecologies. And my most popular one was also my most controversial one for being both racist and... Homophobic. Well, what would... Homophobic. Yeah. Spoilers, it was not racist or homophobic. It was just people taking steps way too far. So... They accused me of such things for writing about orcs. He basically gave the opinion that he did not see, uh, basically all, most orcs are straight. Yeah. And a highly religious society. And, uh. So, if they were straight, they probably wouldn't talk about it. If they weren't straight, they probably wouldn't talk about it. I didn't realize people had such strong opinions about orcs. Oh, oh dear, oh. Apparently they oh do. Oh my god. Apparently they do. You have no idea. You have I no idea. I got railed from some people over that. Also, it's kind of just, yeah, also it's I kind was... of just generally racist to have, to talk about orcs, uh, because, long story, but. <sighs> they were mongrels from, yeah, they were basically described as mongrels from Asia in the Tolkien books. And that's problematic. Yeah, there's, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of That's very problematic that. there, but, yeah. um, you know, most, most, in a lot of fantasy stuff, like orcs are basically ye proud warrior race that rides horses from the steppes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're the pig children in Elder Scrolls. There's a book about them. Hmm. That doesn't sound great either. It's not. <laughs> it's not. My brother always plays as an orc too. And my only playthrough I finished in Skyrim was an orc. That is the only one that I actually beat the story. I think I talked about that recently though, with uh, when Steve was on here last week, because I did the stealth build, but in heavy armor, with a two-handed axe. So that was fun. Because, like, how do you not play stealth? It's just so easy to play stealth. You just control or or, or press the crouch button. That's all you got to do and just not get caught. But, like, um, and then, of course, archery, which is so fun in Skyrim, of course. But, yeah. Anyways, um, so, yeah, uh, Overwatch and Cybertron because I shoved Overwatch into that one. So, uh, number five for Sasha. Um, Alright, number five for me will be when I completed Mass Effect 3. Um, there were Ooh. three achievements on here that were tough for me. Um, looking up at, let me find the Mass Effect 3 actual numbers for you too. But part of the reason why Mass Effect 3 was a challenge for me to complete was that I played it when it first came out and it was really buggy with the data trackers. So one of the achievements yeah. um, was to kill 5,000 enemies. And it could be in single player, 
multiplayer combined. And my tracker reset, I think, three times. One of the times I was in the 4,000s when it reset. Um, Oh, no. Yeah, so that actually was the last achievement for me, was the 5,000 enemies killed. And I had already beat the game on Insanity and played through on multiplayer a bunch. And, yeah, so I had just... Playing and playing and playing, trying to get that 5,000. One part of the insanity uh, run through was was, uh, really challenging for me where I thought, uh, is this game going to break me or am I going to break the game? Um, And it was when you're recruiting the Asaris for the cause and you go through and you have to fight two Banshees at the same time. And the Banshees have this like... They have biotic powers as well, um, and they have this like warp charge attack that they do to you. And on Insanity, it's a one-shot attack. So they're both doing it to you, and uh, I just remember that the strategy that finally worked for me to beat this was to just run back and forth up and down this small like map that they gave you for the boss fight. So it's just running back and forth, run, reload, wait for all of your um, abilities to reset, do them all, and then run to the end and wait for everything to reload again. Um, But I had probably failed this fight 10, 20 times. I'm not sure. I had to shut it off, come back to it another day because I was so frustrated. But Yeah, yeah, I've done some of those fights, yeah. Yeah, but uh, so let's see. Uh, Mass Effect 3 has a 9% completion on xbox 13 for playstation i'm saying yep and insanity was the the highest one um 15 completed the game on insanity and so for mass oh, effect same on playstation you do have to beat it at least twice for that because insanity is not a playable option on your first through Whew. yeah mass effect's not and a short game you would have got the 5,000 enemies to, through that two playthroughs, but I guess not. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then the other... Some of these don't look so bad, but yeah. You know, they, they're they not... None of them were too difficult, um, like, rarity-wise. The other one that was hard mm-hmm. was Unwavering, and you needed to either finish the multiplayer maps on gold or all single single player missions on insanity so i had ultimately unlocked both of those at the same time insanity and unwavering but i was close Mm. to doing the single or the multiplayer maps on gold um because that was a very popular game for multiplayer yeah yeah i remember a lot of people talking really good about that multiplayer it was a lot of fun uh i did not love it so much when andromeda came out it was basically the same thing again, but I, I don't know. Andromeda just didn't I didn't have the same love for Andromeda as I did for Mass Effect 3. No, not a lot of people did. Uh, I remember the animation controversy with Andromeda, where Andromeda just was just like terrible in comparison to even previous yeah, games. Um, I think Steve and I tried to play it for about an hour and a half right around launch. We gave up and never went back. Mm-hmm. Now, supposedly they've fixed it since. That's what I've heard. 
but they did. So did you, so the, I remember there being a lot of controversy for the ending of mass effect three. Were you not happy about that as well? Um, I wasn't as upset about it. If, if I'm going to give a, an unpopular opinion here, I think that people sure. that were upset about the ending of mass effect three didn't understand the ending of mass effect three. Oh, okay. Um, I wouldn't know. I never played any of them. Aside from, I played two a little bit, I think. I think that the, it's an intentionally ambiguous ending, which is sure. not uncommon for a lot of science fiction. I, it's, it's left yeah. for you to kind of make a decision about, you know, does Shepard survive or did you make the best choice? I think what people don't like mm -hmm. is that at the end of the day, it's they this, don't like, have an answer. this like red red and green or blue choice that you're making but I liked the ending because it wasn't just about like this very last decision that Shepard made the game to me was wrapped up with all of the storylines that you were doing like did you or did you not cure the genophage did you or did you not like help the Krogans or did Rex even make it to Mass Effect 3? Which character did you leave behind in Vermeer? And what were the implications of that? Did you leave the Corian ships behind? Like I, That was the stuff that was more important to me than sure. that last decision for Shepard. Yeah, I, I, I remember so many people being mad about it. Um but I just don't like. I, I never. I never got into it. I never got into the series because it. It's um, unfortunately part of the genre I don't like. Space sci-fi. I'm not. <laughs> it's like one of my least favorite genres. So, eh. but yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a big thing for a long time. That that ending. And I, uh, even my, my good friend who really loves that series would talk about it all the time with me. He's like, no, you don't understand, man. You don't understand. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't, like, I don't re actually remember it. I think he ended up waiting until they went and fixed the ending and then he played, he finished it. So I always, for every game that has like a clean wrap up and they give you kind of end credits and they tell you like how all of your decisions what were the bigger mm -hmm. ripple effects for that? I always save, like have a separate save file so that I can, if I wanted to, I could go back and sure. watch it again. So I had done that with Mass Effect 3. So when they fixed it, I went back through and like played it again. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't that much different. I feel like all that they did was like reduce a little, little bit of the ambiguity and for people to be like, okay, well, when I pick this color, then there's no AI ever again. And when I pick this color, then AI exists, but there are friends. And that to me was more stupid than the original ending. Sure. Okay. I could see, I could see that because it's now just making everything black and white instead of gray. Yeah. I feel like there's overall kind of a tendency for people to be disappointed with when large franchises come to an end. That sure. This is how yeah. people were when like, Lost ended. This is how people felt about Game of Thrones. Is that everybody has has strong opinions. 
Game of Thrones has a lot of reasons why people didn't like that last season, though. It's not just how it ended. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you're going like through like the books, there's there's problems yeah. with the fifth book. There are some problems. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, I wouldn't know. I didn't read the books, but yeah, and I I agree. And it's also and the bigger a franchise gets, also the more people get angry because it didn't end the way or go the way that I expected it to go kind of mentality as well, I feel, a lot of the time. Like, um, again, I'm going to reference Diablo 3, and it had a lot of problems with, a lot of problems with as far as execution of the story um, and that kind of thing. I think overall, my opinion of the story is, is very high, especially in comparison to other people. Because there's a lot of good lore implications that Diablo 3 brought up. Um, but um, the, the larger picture. But like a lot of people were very upset. The quote unquote Deckard Kane was killed by a Power Ranger villain. Um, and if you played that game. I, Pan, I don't know. I don't think you've played it. But Magda looks like Rita <laughs> Repulsa. And That's a solid villain design. She, um, she kind of acts like her too. Um, very like, hey, I'm actually working for a bigger dude, but I'm super important anyways. Um, and she kills like one of the most beloved characters in the franchise, Deckard Kane, which is the guy that goes like, stay a while and listen. Like he's the guy that identifies items and stuff. And she kills him by throwing butterflies on him. And people just could not handle that. Like these death butterflies. She looks more him like a. Like she looks more maleficent than anything. Sin. It's true. But I was just saying, like, people in long-standing franchises get really upset when things don't go their way. Like, like, oh, that's not how I would have done it. And here's the funny. This is my favorite thing to point out to everyone all the time. They always blame Chris Metzen for, like, ruining Diablo's story. And if you guys know, Chris Metzen's one of the people that left. Uh, he didn't leave during the allegations. He left years before. Doesn't mean he was exempt from the allegations, but he left years before. Um, so it doesn't look as suspicious, I suppose. But um, people don't realize that he wrote the story for 1 and 2 as well. And they just assume that the old studio wrote the story. And the old studio is the people who made Torchlight who basically said, fuck story. Like, <laughs> like in general. Just like, I don't care about story. And not that Torchlight doesn't have a story. I'm just saying it's not as overarching and epic so as it's Diablo. So kind of it's, it's kind of a damn Scots. You ruined Scotland. Basically. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's one of my favorite things when people bring up how they don't like that story. It's just like... Oh, Chris Metzen ruined it. And I'm like, you realize he wrote the first two parts as well, right? Like, it was all him all along. And he's also the guy that wrote all the World of Warcraft stuff, too, for a long time. I don't know when he left the, to, to deal with that, but, like, it's, like, the same guy everywhere. I don't... <laughs> um, but, yeah, Mass Effect. Um, controversial ending as well, and... Uh, it's hard to find a series where people really like how it ends. Um, I don't have a lot of context because I don't finish a lot of popular shows. Like I've never seen, I'd never seen Game of Thrones until last year, I think. 
Well, this next um, Dragon Age game that's going to come out, I think. We might find out if this is going to tie the story up neatly or if people are going to be angry. I'm people really were angry excited. in Dragon Age 2. Well, Dragon were, Age 2, people hated that one. But they weren't angry about the story. They were angry that the game was $60 with the same three maps. That's fair. <laughs> I played two. Uh, yeah, it is essentially the same three maps. Dude, I have that cave. I bet you I could memorize the cave map. Like, I bet you I could walk through with my eyes closed now. And I played that thing in, like, 2011. Like, <laughs> I know exactly where that Sarabas is hiding. You gotta get him out first on the higher difficulties or you're white. Your whole party's white. <laughs> like, yeah. But, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, 2 is the one I played the most. I never played uh, Inquisition or, or... Is there a 3? Was Inquisition 3 In or 4? Inquisition is 3. Okay. Inquisi I mean, you know, Origins is my favorite. Inquisition is a really good game, though. It is a technically sound game. Even on the console, it's very good. Yeah, it's just 2 basically sacrificed everything to make it easier to play. Which is why I like 2. I could play it. <laughs> 2 felt to me like... Almost just like it would have been easier to read a novelization to build between Origins and Inquisition. Just like skip all of the yeah. repetitive maps and get all the lore. Yeah, there was a lot of lore in it. That's for sure. There, there was. There's a lot of the stuff about the elves in that one. I remember quite a bit. Um, yeah. So uh, that was number five for Sasha. So Pan, I guess your last. I've been one. trying really hard to come up with stuff that isn't Crusader Kings. <laughs> but I have played a you lot did of play it. A lot of that. There's some fair. really obscure achievements, and the stories yeah. behind the achievements are really good. So that's fair. With they that, are good stories. I will tell you how I, uh, I basically I got to a point in Crusader Kings two where I just kind of had to make my own fun, and uh, so yeah. I decided I set out. I started the, this save with the goal of basically. Of basically getting a, a, a Saeed elected pope. Now, Saeed is a title given to uh, characters in the game who descend from the Prophet Muhammad. Oh. So there are, you know, early, okay. like in the early Middle Ages, there are various, you know, rulers in Arabia who historically claim descent uh, to the Prophet or from the Prophet through one of his daughters. Um, so the, um, mm, okay. the, the heads of the Abbasid Caliphate, uh, are basically a prime example of that. So the nice thing is, um, so long as the Abbasid dynasty doesn't like get ground into the ground during the crusades, there are lots of Abbasids around and they tend to marry into the other, uh, they tend to marry into the other like, uh, Muslim royal families. So there are lots and lots and lots of right. Abbasids. Oh, sorry. There's one other. There's one other thing. The Sayyid trait is a patrilineal uh, thing. So a a a female character can be a Sayyid, but she cannot give any of her children the Sayyid trait. So it has to be an unbroken mm. male line. 
So, as you can, as you, uh, it's also very, very, very difficult to pull off an interfaith marriage, um, especially, especially uh, between Muslims and Catholics in the Middle Ages. The Muslim rulers, most of the Muslim rulers won't talk to you. So, what I did Mm. was, I, I just wanted to do this for funsies. So what I did was I uh, I started off as like basically some kingdom in Spain. I don't remember what the name of the kingdom was. But the point is that I, I united Christian Spain and then I, star- I you know started uh, reconquistaing the rest of Spain and driving the Moors out of Spain. Establishing myself as basically a okay. major European power. Because the more of uh, the more um, Catholic holy sites you own, the more influence you can have over who becomes the pope. So I started. I started. Conquer, I, I. You know. I basically conquered all of Spain, became the head of. You know. Became like the most powerful uh, Christian ruler on the map. And uh, then I. I went out and okay. like took. Basically went way out of my way to gain all the Catholic holy sites. Uh, within my territory, which means like, um, one of them's like the county of Canterbury in England. There is, of course, Jerusalem and Antioch mm-hmm. and Rome. Um, the crappy thing is, is that it was really hard to hold on to Canterbury because the King of England kept trying, kept getting really pissed at me for having this one random county in the middle of England. <laughs> oh, and it's not well, easy to hold on to yeah. Jerusalem because everybody wants a piece of Jerusalem. And uh, Rome was actually super easy. I mean, the Pope got really, really mad at me for con- for conquering Rome and then kicking him out of Rome. But I gave it right back to him so long as he swore to be my vassal. So, you know, that gave me a lot of control over... Uh, that gave me a lot of points towards, like, who's getting elected Pope. Because basically, if... If you hold enough sway within Christian Europe, you can basically throw points at whoever is up for election, right? So, once I had all of Christian yeah. Europe under my thumb, now is part f- time for phase two, which is I need to get a Saeed. I need to get a Saeed character, um, and I need to make them a Christian. So, this is actually mm. a little. E- this part was way easier. Because, you know, everybody wants a piece of Jerusalem. The, uh, the Muslims, the various Muslim dynasties in, uh, in basically the Middle East and, Af- and Northern Africa kept attacking me because they wanted to get me the hell out of Jerusalem. So, during the course of one of my wars, I lay siege to Mecca. And uh, I capture a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of the Caliph's children. So, he tries to ransom them, and I ransom most of them, but, you know, there's like three, there's like three sons of the caliph that are in my prison. I put them under house arrest instead of prison, so that they're housed nicely, and they're not going to get sick in prison. Mm-hmm. And I give them all very good Christian education, so that they convert. Two of the three okay. convert. And as, you know, as soon as they turn 16, they're, they're adults, and there's no longer risk of them converting, so I just sent them back home. I sent the the one that didn't convert back home, but the two who did convert. I uh, now that they were sixteen and they were adults, I was able to get them betrothed to uh, 
my kids. And because they were my prisoners, mm. their dad, who is the caliph, couldn't do anything about it. So I get the I get the mm. I get these two okay. Abbasid princes betrothed to my daughters. I set up one of my daughters so that she's gonna inherit Spain and become the Empress of Spain. Their kids are all their kids are all Saeeds. Because, you know, their dad, you know, she marries this this Muslim prince that I captured and now he's a Christian and their kids are Saeeds. And uh you know, out out of my out of my boy you know, I, I die, I'm now the girl, the Empress of Spain. Out of all my sons, one of them, you know, he's got a lot of good Christian traits, like he's he is just and fair and patient and temperate. He'd actually make a really good emperor. But I want to set him up to be the Pope because now he's a Saeed. So I force mm-hmm. him to join the church and become a monk. And then because he is a priest, uh, I give him I give him one of my you know, I just give him a county. It basically it counts as giving the county to the church. It gives me a whole bunch of friendliness points with the Pope. And uh I basically because he's now my son is now a powerful bishop, he is up for election to become the Pope. And I throw all my points and so much money into his campaign to become the Pope. And so when the, when the old Pope dies, my son yeah. becomes the Pope, and he is a Saeed, and now I have a descendant of the prophet as the head of the Catholic Church. And I was so happy. <laughs> it's a lot. See, all of these yeah. take a lot of setup and a lot of knowledge of this game <laughs> that I would never be able to obtain. I just, I can't. I can't. Oh, boy. Jeez. There's a lot. Like, the having to capture them as prisoners and then marry them in as prisoners is like... Well, first I had to convert them to Christianity what? because I couldn't marry them into my dynasty while they were Muslim. So I had to, I had to basically yes. okay. force them. You can't force them. But what you can do is if there's a child in your court, you can assign someone to educate them and there's always a random chance that Mm -hmm. that the person converts to the religion and culture of their educator ah Ah. so that's what you did okay yeah wow and then of course throughout because of all this other bullshit um the the old caliph died my my father-in-law my son, my son's inherited claims on the Abbasid Empire, mm. <laughs> and that's how okay. I. That, yeah. And then I spent the next like t- the next like sixty years like fighting the Abbasid dynasty for my rightful place on the throne. <laughs> sure, because <laughs> you could. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. So, uh, so, so, Pan, I, I have a number six, and, and I wasn't gonna, uh, I was gonna put this as an honorable mention, um, but Sasha suggested I, I shouldn't, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate this so, so people can see. So, like, I got first and second place, now granted it's 50cc, but both first and second place in Mario Kart 8, controlling two (laughs) characters at the same time. And I did this last Sunday because the girls and I were playing Mario Kart 8 
And Amory was like, I'm done playing. I'm tired of losing. And I was literally playing bodyguard for her. I would drive behind her, shoot anyone that got near her, and try to get her further up. She ended up getting, like, third for me helping her out. But, like, I was just like, okay, we're just going to we're, we're just gonna do this. And then she was like, no, play for me, Daddy. He's like, but I got to race my... He's just like, do both. And I was like, do both. Okay, I'll do both. So the end of this... We only did one circuit of this where I'm playing uh, Shy Guy <laughs> Black and Shy Guy Pink. And Cece is playing Shy Guy Red, I think. And the three of us got first, second, and third, with <laughs> me getting first and second and Cece getting third. Um, and I did this on, like I said, 50cc, but it helps that uh, Mario Kart you can have auto drive on. So, like, you can just not have to press the, the go button. It'll just keep going continuously. And it also has, like, a like a kitty lane thing, like a bumper thing where it lets you go off the cliff, I guess. So I had to use those. So, granted, it's not, like, some mastermind achievement. But I still did it. And I did it. One controller was held like this. So left hand over the stick and left on the trigger. And the other one has to go across it. So this is the left left stick and the left trigger. And the left stick is steering. Of course, the left trigger is items. So I would drive. And the way I would do it, because it's split screen between the three of us, I would actually look at the person furthest back on the screen and control them both. And it, trust me, when you start lapping yourself, because the... When you're driving behind someone, you get a boost, and you you boost in front of them that air boost. So it was like, it was very hard for me to figure it out like mentally. And we didn't do like course one. Like the last one was like Wario's something. I can't remember what it is, but it's basically a downhill slope track on ice. So it's like one of the harder maps, and it's one actually one of the ones that doesn't have laps. It has checkpoints. So lap two is actually just a different section down the mountain. But, like, I, like, I'm normally really good at boosting and drifting and all this kind of stuff. And it was a total different way to play. And I was just, like, two controllers at the same time, just going through, playing. And Cece was cracking up. Emery's cracking up. And she's like, look, I won! Because she was Pink Shy Guy when she played. And Pink Shy Guy is the one just coincidentally gotten first. And here's the thing. It's by points. And, you know, like, first place gets 15 points and yada yada. Um... The uh, the points were, I think it was like 47-47. So we were literally tied for first and second. And then Cece got 46. So she was third. So she was like barely not the same. So that was that was my Mario Kart 8 achievement last Sunday. And it was tough. But there is no such achievement because that's not something controlled within the game. Oops, I think we lost Sasha. Um, so yeah, there's that one. Um, when she's back. Did you have another one to talk about, Sasha? Um, I mean, oh. I think we can we can wrap it up. I I don't have anything super super great that I didn't already talk about on a previous okay. episode recently. <laughs> okay. I do have one more that I that I don't want to skip, and I don't want to go... I won't go into super detail about it. But, um, Pan, you were aware of me doing this at the time, 
because I had streamed it, but I know you didn't watch it or anything. And it was literally just beating Doom 2016's Ancient Gods Part 1. Um, I did that on stream. It took me upwards of three hours per level. Because uh, I did it on Ultra Violence, which Ultra Violence is the second to hardest difficulty. People do this all the time on Nightmare and Higher, with, you know, Nightmare being the worst one. And, of course, they do it in Ultra Nightmare, where one death, you have to start all over. But I, this was a very tough thing for me um, to do. And I did it on stream, the, the only time I've streamed something recently. And uh, uh, I know that Ace was there watching at the time. Uh, some other people, uh, I think Morg was at the time watching as well. Um, where I was literally just pull, pouring sweat trying to finish this game. Like, I was, like, just... It, every day, every time I did it, and it took... Like, I, I streamed on Wednesdays, so, like, it took me three weeks to finish it. And it's only three levels. So, like, I, I every stream was, like, three hours long because it took me that long to finish the level. Um, like, deaths and all this kind of stuff. And it was just insanely difficult. It is the most difficult thing as far as, like, gameplay I have ever done. Uh... Probably. Aside, like, out of call, I could have got it with another try. It just was difficult because I got it on first try. This one was, like, a trial and error for three hours. <laughs> I remember... Was it Angel Gods Part 1? There's basically... Um, just to describe what happens, normally in a game, you see a cyber demon. You're like, oh no, cyber demon. Holy cow, give me some space. Giant minotaur with a rocket launcher for an arm. And you're like, okay, we gotta kill this. It has the most HP of any enemy. It's a very tough thing to deal with. They basically shove you in a broom closet with one. It's not that small, but it feels like a broom closet with one. It's a narrow T hallway, and he's at the intersection of the T. And you're like, uh, what? What now? <laughs> um, and of course, there's other monsters around him at the time. You're like, uh, how do I do this? It's like stuff like that is what you had to deal with in part one. And then part two was easier for some reason. It feels backwards. It should have been part two was harder, but whatever. But yeah, that's my last one. So, Doom to you, or Doom to Eternal. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. I don't know. I bet you a lot of people completed it, but. Uh, Doom. Oops, Eternal. I bet you that one's like. Oh, yeah, no. No, poor John. Everyone's done that one. Screw you. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, okay. Ancient Gods Part 1. Complete. Uh, oh. Okay. So... Yeah, it's a 71% achievement rate of people beating this. Now, I don't think it's Ultra Nightmare, or, or it says which difficulty, but still. Yeah, like the first level that I was so concerned about, it's 100% achievement. Everyone beat the first level. Well, they have to, to track it. They have to unlock at least one of the achievements in the pack. If they don't unlock any achievements, then it won't pop up at all. So there will always be one with 100%. Okay, that's fair. That yeah. is a good point. But yeah, so it's not like it was that difficult for everyone, but for me, it was really tough. Like, I was 
full on sweating and stuff. Um, so that, I, that's it for our uh, achievements episode. Um, I, I had to think a lot about this because, like, at first I was like, I only have like three. Like, I'm gonna think of three off the top of my head. Like, um, but the more you think about it, uh, the, you know, the more you go. I didn't really have a lot that are tied to real trophies and stuff. As much as I like to go 100% on games, I am very choosy on which games I go 100% on. Very choosy. Uh, and I mean, heck, I don't even do that for Monster Hunter for a long time until I didn't 100% rise. Not, not, um, we were, you know, we were doing the crown hunting, my brother and I. We're like, this is stupid. We're done for now. Um,. And that'd be a hundred percent if I finished it. I was gonna say, well, you, you, I mean, else. you, you took a good whack at sending the Yagi's into uh, extinction, so you know. Oh yeah, the boggies. Or boggies, yeah. Oh yeah, the boggies. <laughs> oh my, yeah, the great boggies. So, to explain to you, Sasha, um, I think I've explained this before, but the random chance of crown hunting is smallest possible size of a monster and largest possible size, and it's entirely random. Entirely so. Um, so, I've, but we figured out the hard way that there are certain quests that are impossible to get the smallest or largest they just don't, size. It is just locked out. They don't out. spawn during so that quest. Ways. They farmed that quest for a week. <laughs> trying to get crowns. We did. They killed like something like 2,000 great boggies. No, it was not 2,000. It okay. was 224 yeah. when we finally got it. Now, granted, this is like a 10-minute quest. So do that. And it was a double boggy for a majority of it. So let's say... Let's just take out the 24, right? So we did 100 of these quests, at least. <laughs> 100. And I'm not done. We have not finished. We we have not finished the uh, full roster, which is like 60-something monsters to do this with. It's, it's just not... I We gave up. I think we're on Somnicanth right now. And we just haven't finished. And it turns out there are crowns for the super ultra-hard monsters that came out, too. The Apex monsters. So, not looking forward to that either. But, hey, Harry, here we are. So uh, next week, um, I don't think we have any solid plans on what that is next week, but we'll we'll figure it out. Um, of course, you know there always could be some crazy breaking news like the Blizzard stuff that happened over the last couple of weeks. Although that seems to have calmed down, I haven't heard a lot more about that. Uh, I think the only thing that happened since we talked was they ended up firing the head of WoW and two people in the Diablo team as a result of these allegations. So my things about the Diablo team not being at fault were entirely not true. Um, the game director is now on its third game director for Diablo before Diablo 4 launches. So they got rid of the game director and someone else on that team. I don't remember who, but yeah. So... Delays might be incoming. <laughs> but, yeah. Other than that, seems like Vicarious Visions was unaffected, which is the people doing um, 
uh, Diablo 2 Remake, which the beta released this weekend, and I played 10 minutes of it, and I was done. Yeah, it's Diablo 2. Cool. I'll play it when it launches. Um, so, yeah, we'll figure out something next week. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. I know it's, yeah. it's late, 1130 here, so 1030 your time. We all had. Actually, I didn't have kid interruptions this time. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're alive after this. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to catch updates at Hunter Sub Pod on Twitter and uh, watch here on Twitch at uh, also Hunter Sub Pod. And uh, we'll we'll have the audio out for this fairly soon i've been really good about getting this out by like the next day at the latest so i think last week i, I waited an extra day though because i had the kids uh, so we might, might be able to get it out sooner because now i'm taking the kids back on sundays instead of like i did tuesday because school season has started school is back in session so i don't get the extra day darn it anyways uh thank you guys for listening anything else uh, to say about you two Sasha, night night. Fan. Anything else to? All right. Nope. Bye. Good night. Thanks for watching.